Today's daf is Nedarim daf Mentes, and we are Be'ezus Hashem, the beginning of a new parak, the sixth parak of Mesechtis Nedarim, the very top of daf Mentes Omer Aleph. Today's daf is being learned to Ilu Nishmas, Chaim Malazar, Ben Yibadal Chaim, Reb Shimshin Aryeh. So the backdrop of the Mishnah that we're about to learn, and really the backdrop of several of the Mishnayis, that are going to be malava us during these next coming days. And Dafin is a halacha that we're already familiar with, and that is, Benedorin Halech Achar Loshem When it comes to determining the definition of a word in the context of Nedorin, we use not what the dictionary says, not what the Mefarshe HaTeri Shebeksav or Teri Shebaal would say, but rather it's based on what the Lashem Bnei Yodam is. So if in popular vernacular a certain word means a certain thing, that thing will be the definition of the word as it relates to dictating all the laws of Nadarim. Now, the Gemara throughout Shas says this halacha regarding Nadarim, but this goes without say, it's not only true regarding Nadarim, it's true regarding Shvuos and Nazirois and all the Me'inyan, Le'inyan, Ba'isa Inyans, meaning when it comes to a person creating Iser, Al Yidei, his Kedushas Hadibur, Al Yidei, his Ruach Memalala, the way we define words is not based on the way the Torah defines words, but it's really based on what people mean when they say those words. So we're going to learn a whole bunch of halachas now. If someone makes a nether, he's not going to have enough from this. He's not going to have enough from that. And we're going to have sugyas and machlekes rishonim and gemaras and rishonim and lamdas and rei in terms of exactly what these words mean. So this is really not an exercise as far as understanding what these words mean from a mefarshe hatera perspective, but really it's more in terms of analyzing what the Lashem Bnei Yodim is. Now the truth is, and we've mentioned this already, the Achroinim struggle a little bit to understand why we even need all these Mishnayis and why we need these Sugis. At the end of the day, it's really based on Lashem Bnei Adam. So figure out what the Lashem Bnei Adam is and that's going to determine what that Lashem should be. And just to add a little knech to the Tumiya, we're going to see there are Sugis that give us certain guidelines and certain Halachas and rules and regulations in terms of defining words. Now, if all it is is Lashem Bnei Adam, so what's the Tachlis of a guideline? It almost seems to be an oxymoron. It's just based on what people mean and think when they say those words. So that's just something to have in mind. And if we have time, we'll go into a more in-depth analysis of trying to understand it, because really it is the backdrop of everything that we're about to learn. But not, without any further ado, we have a, a very fascinating and light Nedarm Daf Mentes, which is going to lead into a very fascinating and light Nedarm Daf Nun, which is going to lead into a very fascinating and light Nedarm Daf Nun Aleph. So we have some classic Dafin with some very, very famous Gemaras coming up. If somebody makes a nether, he's not going to have Hana from quote-unquote, the words really matter, Something that's mavushal. Now, mavushal usually means something that's cooked. Says the Mishnah, Mutabitzli, he's allowed to have enough from something that's roasted, ubeshaluk, and he can have enough from something that's shaluk. So, what's shaluk? The Mefarish and the Rosh both say that shaluk means mavushal yoisamidai, something that's overcooked. And the truth is, throughout Shas, that's what shaluk means. It means something that's overcooked. But the Ran says that even though that is true throughout Shas, but in our Mishnah, that's not what shaluk means. In fact, in our Mishnah, Shalak is just the opposite. It's not something that's overcooked, but it's something that's undercooked. And the Rand says that the Svara behind what I'm saying is that in Kala we're defining the word Shalak. Shalak in the dictionary means something that's overcooked. But in our Mishnah, we're discussing Lashem Adam. And the Rand says it can't be that if someone's Noidem and Amavushal, he would be Mutter from something that's overcooked. Because in the world of Lashem Adam, Shaluk is Mavushal. It's Bechlal Masayimana. Must be Shaluk means something else. What then does it mean? It means undercooked. In other words, Shaluk then, just in terms of defining the word, is not overcooked by definition. It just means it's cooked, but it wasn't cooked properly. 
Usually it's overcooked, and our Mishnah it's undercooked. But regardless, Machlokes Rishayim, what exactly the Taich of Shalok is? But what's Talacha? If someone's noyde ben Amavushal, makes a net, he's not going to have enough from something that's Mavushal. He's allowed to have enough from something that's Tzli, and he's allowed to have enough from something that's Shalok. Um, what if he said, "Not, I'm not going to have enough from something that's Mavushal." This is a nuance, but rather he said, "I'm not going to have enough from a Tafshal." Says the Mishnah, Then Talacha, he can't have enough from any Maisa Kedera. Now, this is very important. Just Pasham Shana the Mishnah. The Ran says, Maisa Kedera were things that were cooked in a Kedera, but Lav Dafka cooked. It could be roasted as well. It could be Shalok as well. And that's really the whole point of this line in the Mishnah. And that is, if someone is Noider from a Tafshal, so then the Halach is not only can't he not have Hana from Omavushal, but he also can have Hana from something that's Sli and something that's Shalok. However, the Mishnah says only if it's Rach, only if it's like liquidy. However, Umutaba'avu, he would be allowed to have Hana from a Maisikadeira, even if it's cooked, assuming it's thick. The Gemara is going to ask why. Umutaba'beitza termuta, additionally, he's allowed to have Hana from a Beitza termuta, but Dalasa Ramutza, he can have Hana from a Dalasa Ramutza. The Gemara is going to explain what those things are. So the first part of the Mishnah made a distinction between some of them made a nether that he's not going to have enough from something that's mavushal versus some of them made a nether he's not going to have enough from a tafshal. And really, to us, you would think mavushal tafshal is the same thing. It certainly comes from the same shayrish of bishal. But the Mishnah says they're not the same thing. Very different halachas. If someone's noida from tafshal, then he's aser b'tzli u'bishalik. But just a few things that the Ran speaks out to understand the Mishnah a little bit better. Number one, the Mishnah when it made this distinction between the first case and the second case, versus koinim tafsho. So in the second case, the Mishnah added the words she'eni toyim, or the ran throughout Masech the Zadarim would change it to she'ani toyim. What do those words mean? Meaning really the chilik in the Mishnah is between someone that made a nether from a vushal versus someone that made a nether from tafsho. So why are we adding she'eni toyim? It's just throwing us for a loop a little bit, because it almost sounds like She'eni Toyim is part and parcel of the punchline of the Mishnah. So the Ran says, don't let that scare you, and don't let that distract you. That's really not the punchline of the Mishnah. The punchline of the Mishnah is a chilik between a noidim and amavushal versus a noidim from a tafshal. Why then did we say the word She'eni Toyim? So this is going to play out more in the coming dafin, as we'll see. But She'eni Toyim is language that a noider would use when he wants to be moisif. Meaning, not only do I not want to have enough from a tafshal, but she'eni toyim means, I won't even taste it. That's what it means, literally. But in the world, in the Dharma, it means, I'm going to even be moisif something more. And the reason the Mishnah said it was to teach me a chiddish that this, that the Mishnah says, mutter ba'avo, is true not only if he would simply say koinim tafshal, but it would be true even if he added those words and he would say she'eni toyim. But as it relates to the ikr part of the Mishnah, hanoidim and amavoshal, Versus koinim tafshal, could have said koinim avushal, or anoidim and atafshal, it's the same thing. But the point is, we're making a chilik between anoidim and amavushal and anoidim from atafshal. And again, what's the halacha? Anoidim and amavushal is muta betzliu b'shalak. If someone says koinim tafshal, so then he's asr betzliu b'shalak. However, only if it's rach, not if it's ava. The Ran speaks out that anoidim and amavushal, that's asr Betafshel is also only Aser, B'maisekitei Rach, and not Ba'ava. So that Rach, Ava piece, which is going to play out in the Gemara, that the Mishnah only mentioned in the second case, is graded true in the first case as well. So, obviously, Aser Betafshel, not all Tafshilim, only if it's Rach, not if it's Ava. So again, a little confusing, but we're just speaking out some of the Rans. Not all, some. The Mishnah is making a distinction between a noidim and amavushal versus someone that's noidim from a tafshal. Noidim and amavushal is also only in something that's mavushal. Motor betzli, or even shalok, something that's undercooked, according to the Mefarish and the Rosh, even something that's overcooked. If someone makes a net, he won't have enough from a tafshal, so then he's going to be usher even in something that's mavushal. It just so happens that as it relates to the first case and the second case, the only time you're usher from something mavushal is if it's rach, not if it's avos. What if somebody makes a net? They won't have enough from a maisa kedera. So maisa kedera was a very popular dish that people used to eat once upon a time. The Ran gives a few examples of it, but the point is ein aser The words maisa kedera imply only something that was cooked, but not just cooked. It means it was cooked very, very 
hot, meaning it's something that came to a very, very strong boiling point. What if he says, but rather, and even if he adds the word, same ran, is not the punchline, then Then not only is it going to be awesome, but he's going to be awesome from anything that was cooked inside the Kedera. So really, in summation, the Mishnah gave four cases. Someone makes a nether, you won't have enough from Tafshul. Someone made a nether, you won't have enough from Maish and Kedera. And someone had, made a nether, you won't have enough for something that's Yoyer the Kedera. Hanoid ben means Bishal as opposed to Tzli Shalak. If someone makes a nether from Tafshul, then it means even Tzli Shalak. If someone makes a nether from Maish and Kedera, it's only something that's boiling. And if someone makes a nether from something that's Yoyer the Kedera, then he is usher in anything that's cooked inside the Kedera. And really, this all boils down to what? Lashem Leyadam. Zakhtim Artanya, we learned to the rise of Rabbi Yishin Yisrael. Rabbi Yishin said, regarding the first halacha of the Mishnah, that Adoyed Ben Amavushal is mutibitzli of Bishalak. Rabbi Yishin said, I disagree. I hold that if someone's noider Ben Amavushal, he's usher bitzli. Even though I don't have a raya, Zeichel Adover, I do have a remes to it. Shinemar, it's a, a posik in Divrei Yom and Beis. It says, Vayevashlu HaPesach Boesh Kamishba. Now, everybody knows that. You can't cook the carbon pesach. In fact, it's an iser in the Torah to eat the carbon pesach. That's mavushal. The carbon pesach was eaten sliesh, and yet the pasuk says vayivashlu hapesach boesh kamishpat. So, what do you see from here? That the word bishul doesn't just mean bishul, but it means sli as well. So, Rabbi Yoshia said, if somebody makes a net, they won't have enough from a mavushal. It means also you won't have enough from something that's sli. Maybe the machloikis between Rabbi Yoshia and the chachamim in our mission is the following: Rabbi Yoshia said, Rabbi Yoshia is halach acher loshin. Then when it comes to the dorm, you go based on the Lashen and Hatayra. And in the Lashen and Hatayra, from this Pasuk Divya Yavim, you see that Vayavashu doesn't only mean Bishal, it can mean Sli as well. The Tana Dilan Savah, whereas our Tana holds, Ben Adarim Halech, Achad Lashem and Ayadam. Then when it comes to the dorm, you go based on Lashem and Ayadam. And even though in the Lashen and Hatayra, you find that Vayavashu can mean Sli, but when it comes to Lashem and Ayadam, it doesn't mean Sli, but the Mar says Lai. It's not Mukhach. The Guliyama could be everybody holds Ben Adarim Halech, Achad Lashem and Ayadam. Then when it comes to the dorm, you go based on Lashem and Ayadam. Marki Yasrei, you Marki Yasrei. And each Tana was just saying what the Lashem Bnei Adam was in his zip code where he lived. Master the Tana Dilan in the place where our Tana lived. Let Tzli correlate Tzli. Ula Mavushal correlate Mavushal. Tzli was called Tzli. Mavushal was called Mavushal. That's why if someone makes a Nedem and a Mavushal he's going to be Mutab Tzli. Master the Rabbi Yoshe. However, Rabbi Yoshe lived that Filu Tzli Kar Mavushal. Even Tzli was called Mavushal and that's why he holds that Hanoi Dem and a Mavushal is also Tzli. Freik the Gemara V'hakran It's very nice Pshat. It's a nice Dichoy. But how could you say that's Pshat and Rabbi Yoshe? How can you tell me Rabbi Yoshe holds Halachacha Lashem Bnei Adam, but that the Lashem Bnei Adam of Bishel means Sli as well. He brought a Pasik. So the Gemara says Asmach Alma. It's true he brought a Pasik. However, the Pasik was only an Asmach Alma. He didn't mean the Pasik as his real Makar. In fact, the Ran speaks out. That's why Rabbi Yoshia said, Va'afal Pisha'ain Raya Ladaver Zeichel Ladaver. Right? Rabbi Yoshia says, Even though I have no Raya, I was like, what do you mean you have no Raya? This is the best Raya in the world. I'm a Furish Pasik. It says, Va'yavashla Pesach Ba'ishka Mishpat. And for sure it was roasted because you can't cook the carbon Pesach. So why is it not a Raya? The Territ says it's not a Raya. Because bin Adarm, you don't go basalashim and ayadam. Basalashim at Torah. You go basalashim and ayadam. And the fact that the Torah would refer to it as Bishal doesn't mean that Bnei Adam would. That's why it's not a raya. A bazeichel adaver it is. A makar that Bishal and Sli can sometimes overlap and the word Bishal could mean Sli. That's something that you do have. Just could I to speak out one more ran and that is the ran says that even though the maskan in our Gemara is that the machloikis Rabbi Yoshi and the Chachamim is not whether Bnei Adam you go based on Lashem Bnei Adam or you go based on the Lashem Hatayra Rather, it's Marki Yasre, you Marki Yasre, but the Yerushalmi comes out not that way. And in the Yerushalmi, the Maskana, in the final analysis, the Machlikis Rabbi Yoshe in the Chachamim is whether Benedarm you go Basalash and Benayadam, or whether Benedarm you go Basalash and Atayra. So it's just a, an important Shita, and that is, according to the Yerushalmi, there is a Shita's Rabbi Yoshe that holds that Benedarm you go based on Lash and Atayra. So although it's axiomatic throughout Nedarim and Shvuas that you always go Basalash and Benayadam, not everybody holds that way. There is a Shita's Rabbi Yoshe, Aliba. The Hayyurishalmi that holds that in the darn you go based on Lashon Atayra. What's this Rabbi Yoshia? Hanoidem and Amavushal's Asa Betzli. How did he know that from a pasuk? Vayevashlo Pesach Baish Kam Mishpat. Zok to Gemara. Koinim Tafshul Vichulu. 
So the second case of the Mishnah was that if somebody makes a neder from tafshul she'ini toim, and again, she'ini toim is not the point, it's the koinim tafshul versus mavoshul, aser b'maisa kedera rach umutaba'ava. So in contrast to anoyed b'na mavoshul, this person will be aser b'tzliu b'shalak. However, only if it's rach, if it's liquidy, but not if it's ava, not if it's thick. Frank the Gemara of Ami Tafshul Nadar. He made a neder. He won't have enough from a Tafshul. Tafshul means anything cooked or even roasted or undercooked or overcooked. But the bottom line is, where do you see in the word Tafshul this distinction between if it's rach or if it's ava? Amar Abaya, Abaya said, Hai Tana, Ar Tana, Komidi de Mesachel be Rifta Tafshul Karila. He held that the only time something's called a Tafshul is if it could eat. Be eaten together with bread. So something that you can eat together with bread is called a tafshul. Something that you can't eat together with bread is not called a tafshul. If it's racha, it's liquidy, so it's like a dip. You could eat it together with your pita, with your lafa, with your bread. If, however, it's thick, you can't eat it together with bread. And as a result, it's not going to be called tafshul. This, of course, brings us back just from a historical perspective to the way people used to eat once upon a time, and that is the Iker Kfiyas of the Suda was bread, which is why when you sit down to eat a meal, if there's bread that's part of the meal, you make hamoitzi on the bread, and then afterwards you don't have to make a bracha on the rest of the Suda. What's that based on? Because in Hilchas Brachis, if you eat two foods and one is an ikr and the other is a tafel, so you mavarich on the ikr and a pater is the tafel. Now, nowadays, it's a little bit counterintuitive because usually the bread is, if anything, a starter. Sometimes people just will eat a little kezayis. It's like this, you could bench. But then the suda starts uh, rolling out. But once upon a time, that's not the way it was. Once upon a time, everybody sat with their pitas and there was the tamchoy that would go around and everybody would dip in. We'll see more about the eating habits of once upon a time on Ahmed Beis, but the point is, so then it made a lot of sense. So the ikra of the Suda was the bread, everything else was a tafel. That's a conversation when, for when you learn parakeets and mavarchim, but the bottom line is that something that was eaten together with bread, that was the ikra shem tafshel, that was the proper and primary way that people used to eat. Tafshel means something that's eaten together with bread, thus it's tafgeracha, it's not something that's going to be and I have a brisa that supports this. This vahatanya is not balashim bitmiya, but it's balashim ichusa. If somebody makes a nether from a tafshel, also b'chol minei tafshel, he's also an old tafshel, like the Mishnah said, albeit in a little bit of a wordier way. You can't eat soft gourds, soft hitriyos. Because those are things that people that are not well eat together with their bread. What part of this is the Vahatanya Benichusa, that last line? You see from here that if someone's Noida Benatavsho, he can't eat Hitriyos Rakois, and the reason is Shachoylan Oichlan Ben Piton. That's the reason for the halacha, which is essentially the halacha, the Mishnah, and this is a b'raisa that supports what Abaya said. So a raya to Abaya from a b'raisa, and that is from the fact that the b'raisa said that the Hitriyos rakos are included in Anoidim and Atavshul because Choylim eat these Hitriyos together with their bread. So you see, that's really the Nakuda here. The Nakuda is not so much Racha Avani, that is the Nakuda, but the underlying reason for it is something that people eat together with bread, says the Gemara, Bederech Agav. So we just mentioned the Braisa, and the, man, the Braisa said that Choylim eat Hitriyos rakos together with bread. Now it would seem to imply that Hitriyos what's known in the Lashon Gemara as a dalas, a gourd, is something that Chaylam used to eat. I'll ask you a kash, Rabbi Yirmi was once sick. And there was a doctor that came last year to heal him. When the doctor came into the house of Rabbi Yirmi, he saw that he had a kara, he had a gourd. Shofke, the doctor said, I'm sorry, I cannot treat you. V'nafik, he left his house. Omar, he said, Malach Musa Isle Lodeim Bebeisa. The Malach Amavis is literally residing in this person's house. V'anot Eil La'asoy, say, and I'm going to somehow heal him. How can I heal him? He's literally living together with the Malach Amavis. Now, where was the Malach Amavis? It was in the gourd. So you see that this doctor, who was apparently a mumcha, he was a Birmiyaz Roife, and he held that gourds are very dangerous. If you know what's going on over here, are gourds things that that Chaylum Dafki eat? Or Fakert, there's a, a gourd, literally the Malach Amavis for somebody that's a chayla, so the Gemara is going to say three tourists. And the first tarot says, like, Kasha, hab, rechichi, hab, are we dealing with soft gourds or are we dealing with hard gourds? Shachaylum, oichlem, and piton is hitriya, is rakois. Those are the ones that are soft. As opposed to what Rabbi Yirmiya had in his house where Ashuni, they were hard, and that's really bad for a chayla. Rav, bar, ula, amar, habikara, gufe, habikavi, dekara. 
the kara itself, the actual gourd is bad, but this a certain part of the kara, the insides of it, the gave, the kara, that's already a good thing, and that's what the chaylam used to eat together with tarpitan. Amr Abhuda, Rehuda said, Loliva de kara basilka, the insides of a kara are good to eat together with beets, Loliva de kisna bakuscha, and the inside of flax seeds are good to eat together with kutach, vidover zen, this thing, asalaim rebifnei amaris. It's not something you're allowed to tell amaris. I saw the Chsam Seifu says that that's why Rabbi Yirmiya didn't tell this to the doctor. The doctor came to heal Rabbi Yirmiya. He saw he has gourds and he ran for his life. He said, the Malachamovus is here and I'm going to heal him. Now, Rabbi Yirmiya had a pshat. What was the pshat? So the Gemara just said already two pshat and we'll see a third pshat in a second. So the Chsam Seifer says, why didn't Rabbi Yirmiya tell the doctor, doctor, I understand you think that a gourd is bad for a chayla, but I'm eating the inside of the gourd. He said, the reason is because Vidavar Amaretz. And Rabbi Yirmiya held that this doctor was an Amaretz. And for that reason, he didn't want to share it with him. Either way, Rabbi Amarava says, Man Rabbanon. It could be there's two types of chaylan. There is someone that's a chayla, and then the Rabbanon will also refer to as chaylan. The Gemara says, Rabbi Latame, this is Rabbi Lashitase, the Amar Rabbi. Rabbi said, Keman Matslinon al Kitsiri Amiri. According to whose position is it that we dive in today for people that are kitsiri and people that are mari? Now, what these two things mean are chaylim. So according to who do we dive in for chaylim? It's according to Rabbi Yossi. Who's Rabbi Yossi? So the Ran and all the Rishonim speak out. This Rabbi Yossi is mentioned in the Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah, Daf Tezayin Amad Aleph, who says, Adam Nidoin Becholya. So we know that a person is judged on Rosh Hashanah. Rabbi Yossi's Shita is Adam Nidoin Becholya. So it's only according to Rabbi Yossi that a person is judged every day that we could have him for a chayla. Why? Because not according to Rabbi Yossi, how you have him for a chayla. Whatever was supposed to happen was already determined on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And it's Shana Rabbah but the point is, how could we still be davening for a chayla? Elamites, according to Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Yosi holds Adam Nidim Bechol. Yeah, I mean, it's based according to Rabbi Yosi that this is something that we do. But the Gemara just makes a diktuk. Mid from the fact that we mentioned Kitsiri and Mari Shmami. No, what do you see from here? There's two types of chaylam. What are these two chaylam? Kitsiri, Kitsiri, Mamish. Kitsiri must be real chaylam. Mari Rabbanon. Whereas Mari must be referring to Rabbanon. So you see from here that the Rabbanon are called chaylam, and that's the terrors to the Gasha. Ben Piton, that was referring to one type of chayla. And then when you have this idea that the Asya, the doctor, said, I have to run away from Birmiya because I see the Malachamavis is over here, that's another type of chayla. So there's two dinam and chaylim, and that's going to be the teretz to this kasha. So we're going to get back to this when we get to the raid. But just to speak out two very, very short ha'aris, things that we've spoken about in the past. Number one, why would Rabbanon be chaylim? So there's Ktsiri and Marie. The Ktsiri are the Ktsiri Mamish, and the Marie are the Rabbana. So the Rishayim say, and this will be the topic of the raid, it's based on a Gemara in Sanhedrin Chavava Medez, Torah Mateshes Koychei Shaladam. And because Torah is Mateshes Koychei Shaladam, so it's for that reason that the Rabbanon, who are Isaac and Torah, they became very, very Shvach, to the point that on some level, they were treated like Chayvah. Now the Gemara says that we daven, we, meaning, even today, we daven for Choylin, and we also daven for the Rabbanon. When do we daven for the Rabbanon? So, Pashid, I think you would say that, being that the point of the Gemara is, Man Choylin Rabbanon, so when we say, we don't only mean the Choylin Mamish, but we mean the Rabbanon as well. But if you look at the Mepharish on the top line, on that Mem Tes Amebeis, so the Mepharish says as follows, Matzlinon Aktsiri, so the Mari is really not in It's Allah Tzadikim Vala Chasidim Val Now the truth is we include everybody. But what do we mean when we single out the the Pleitas it's this tefillah, says the Mefarish. It's a bazundra shout-out for the Mari. And who are these Mari? These are the Rabbonon, they're Shvach, they're Teshushe Koyach, because Torah is Matesh, is Shaladam, and it's for that reason they need a tefillah. And then it says, we have a raid bite on this, that we spoke out, what we learned, Rosh Hashanah, that you find other tefillahs that we say for the Rabbonon. Most notably is the tefillah of Yukum Porkon. And really, it's something that has a makar in the Ramah. The Ramah is in Hilcha Shabbos, and Simon Reish Pei Dalit, it's if cotton Zion. The Ramah says, V'noyagin loyma Yukum Porkon. There's a minute to say Yukum Porkon. V'einbo zemishum isr t'china b'Shabbos. And there's no problem of 
Trina b'Shabbos. Now, if you look carefully at the nusach of Yikum Purkan, what is it? Yikum Purkan men Shmaya. Chinu v'chiz devarach men v'chaya richim mazayin reviche v'siyata deshmaya uvarius kufa unahir ma'al yozari dilo zarechai v'kayomo zari dilo yifsek v'dilo yiftom v'peskomi arise. It's like the nicest bracha ever, right? This is what we're we're davening for that all this shefa should come down. Now, for who? Who's going to be the beneficiary of all the Shefa? The Moronon, the Rabbonon, Chavurosa, Katishasa. It's for the rabbis. It's for the Moronon, the Rabbonon. Diba Aradi Yisrael, the Diba Vavel. It's for the Reishe Kalo. It's the Reishe Galvoso. The Reishe Mesivoso. The Dayoni de Bavel. The Chol Talmideon. The Chol Talmidei. This is a tefillah that's exclusive for people that learn Torah. Now, the truth is, we say Yekum Purkan twice. So when we say Yekum Purkan the second time, so then already we say that we don't just mean the Rabbana, but it's the Chol Kaholo Kadisha Hodein, Rav Revayim Zeiraya, Taflu Neshaya, V'chulu V'chulu. But the first Yekum Purkan that we say is exclusive for the Rabbana. If you look in the Vilna Goyen, the Beer Agra, on this Ramah, the Noyagin Loyma Yukum Purkan, the Embozam Yishom Isatrin Bashab, Zok the Goyen, the Perakamad Rosh Hashanah, Tezayan Ahmed Aleph, Kinman Matslinon, the Chulu. It comes from this Gemara. Because you see in this Gemara, the Goyen quotes Rosh Hashanah Tezayan, today we would quote, based on the Dafu learning, also Nidorim Memdes. But of course, the Ikram Mokim is Rosh Hashanah Tezayin. It's based on the fact that Kemam Matzlin and Aktsiri Vamiri. So you see there's a special Tilo that we say for Mari, and it's manifest, the Mephorosh said it's Allah Tzadikim, the Goyen was Metzayin, the Tfil of Yukum Porkim. The Tfil of Yukum Porkim is a Tfilah that's an exclusive for the Marie. Another Tfilah that we say for the Marie, that we say for Tamid HaChachamim, is Kaddish Durabonim. So in the text of the Kaddish Durabonim, what do we add? Al Yisrael, Val Rabonon, Val Talmideim, Val Kol Talmidei Talmideim, Val Kol Manda Oskim Be'erais, Diba Asra Odein, V'diba Chol Asnar Ba'asar, and then there's a whole beautiful Tfilah, Yehei Lohoyin, Ulochoyin Right, so it's a whole tefillah. Again, it's for the Rabbanon. So you see this concept that there was special tefillahs that were composed for the Rabbanon. Mepharish says it's referring to Allah Tzadikim, but you see it in this context as well. Now, the other question that we're not going to talk about now, but that is, so we only daven Roifei Choyli Ami Yisrael, and we only daven Alplita Seifreyem, and Yekam Purkan, and all these things, Alibet Rabbi Yaisi? Do we even paskin like Rabbi Yaisi? Doesn't sound like it. If we held other midim b'chol yoyim, so why do we make such a big deal about Rosh Hashanah yikasevim or b'yoyim tzayim kippur yikasevim? We don't say ksiv v'chsim v'tayv every day when you meet a friend. You tell it to him, you tell it to him yom neiram time because that's the time of the ksiv v'chsim. We don't paskin like Rabbi Yaisi. So if we don't paskin like Rabbi Yaisi, so what's pashim shah? So Toysvis asks this kash in Rosh Hashanah daf kazayin amaral of ein shami brings a, a very famous terrace from Rabbeinu Tam. But it's just kedai to mention that if you look in the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah tazayin amaral. So the Gemara over there is a little bit longer. This is not really the sugi here. Over there, the Gemara talks a little bit more, and the Gemara says, It could be the fact that we daven today for Ktsiri and Mary is not only Alibi the Rabbi Yosei. It's true according to Rabbanon as well. And it's based on something Rabbi Yitzchak said. Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak said, There could be a Gzardin from today till tomorrow. The Ritva in Rosh Hashanah says that it's poshit that we pass him like this Rabbi Yitzchak. And that's why even though we don't pass him like Rabbi Yitzchak, but we daven Rifa'enu for all the Chayle Yisrael and we say all the Tfilas and Shemayin Esra even though we know that Perosh Hashanah Yikasevon, it's based on the second Territ of the Gemara. It's the Territ of the Gemara that Rabbi Yitzchak said Yofet Sokol Adam Afilu Lachik Zardin. We'll get back to that. Sok the Gemara Vaiter Umutter Ba'ab. So the Mishra said that if somebody makes a nether from a Tavshol so he's Osir in any tashel that's rach, but he's mutter in anything that's ava. Mara said, why? Abaya explained, and we had a, a b'raisa that supported Abaya. It's based on the fact that tashel means anything that people eat together with bread. So if it's racha, people eat it together with bread. If it's ava, people don't eat it together with bread. The Mishnah, which implies that people only eat things that are rach together with bread, that's not in accordance with the custom 
of the Babylonians. The foolish Bavloim, the Achli Lachma Balachma. They used to eat bread together with bread. So they used to eat certain Tafshilim, which were bread based, and they would eat it together with bread. And when Rabzeira saw it, he said, ah, the Narish of Babylonians, that the Bavloi Tipshoi, eat bread together with bread, you're going to make a bread, you're going to make a sandwich. And what are you going to put in the middle of the sandwich? A slice of bread. Doesn't make any sense. So he referred to them as being Bavloi Tipshoi. Agavurhi, also not for now, but we know Rabzeira was one of the Amiram that spoke a lot about the Maila Yisrael and the Chisrainus of Chutzlaretz. Rabzeira fasted that he should get Talmud Bavli when it went up to Eretz Yisrael. Rabzeira is the one that said, Avir Eretz Yisrael Machkim. And really, he got this from his Rebbe Rabbi Yirmiya, who had the same minute. That's where Rabbi Yirmiya throughout Shas is also saying, Hani Bavloi Tepshoi, Bemachshakim Hoshivani, Kimesei Oilom, is Rabbi Yirmiya's memory in Shas, referring to Talmud Bavli. But in common kindness, Zokti Gemara, Amr Abchizda, Abchizda said on this note, is there anybody that spoke to the Nakdonim in Hutzel? So the Ran has two Gersois, if the word is Nakdoni or Nakroni. We have Nakdoni, so we'll go with Nakdoni. So who are these Nakdoni? So the Ran says, people Lasan. So these are people that have perfect etiquette when it comes to eating. They're very medactic, they're foodies, right? So he said, is there anyone that ever asked them this question? What's the best way to eat Daisa? So Daisa is one of these Tafshilim that were bread-based that the Bavloi Tipshoi used to put into a sandwich. They put it into a baguette. No one else did. The Bavloi did. So he had a, a hakira in the right way to eat this sandwich that the Bavloi Tipshoi used to eat. And he wanted to speak to the Nakhtonim, the Chavit that really understood this. So like this, they can help him out a little bit. What were the two stodom of this hakira? The Chiti Belachma, the Chiti Udesairi Belachma, the Sairi. Is it best to take a, a daisa that's wheat-based and eat it together with wheat type of bread. And to take daisa that's barley based, eat it together with barley bread. Or fakert. At the very least, you'll have the contrast where one thing will be wheat, the other thing will be barley. That was his question. Rava Rava used to eat this. And he used to eat the tafshel made of chassisi. So the Ran says, Kemach, this is flour shall cloyas, of toasted grains. Rabbi Barhuna, Rabbi Barhuna, Ashkechil Rafuna, he once met Rafuna, the Kaachel, Daisa, Betzbasa, he was eating Daisa. So Daisa is this, uh, grain based tafshel. I think it's porridge. But either way, he, saw that he was eating this dice of Etzbasi to get with his fingers. On my way, so he told him, I'm like, why are you eating with your fingers? On my way, this is what Rav said, dice of Etzbasi Basin. Dice tastes the sweetest if you eat it with your fingers. The cold decay, certainly the tart, if you eat it with two fingers, the cold decay, Ben Ben Aisha, cold decay, the class. If you eat it with three fingers, that's the most geschmack way to eat it. I'm like, Rav the Chivere, Rav told his son Chivere, I'm like, Rav the Chivere, Rav if somebody invites you to eat daisa, somebody invites you and he sends you the menu, and we're going to be eating daisa together. At parsa, you shall walk to a parsa, walk up to a parsa, meaning it's kedai, go far away. If somebody invites you to eat flesh that comes from an animal, at from a shor, meaning from a gasa, at plus a parsa, then you should walk not just one parsa, even three parsas. Amali Rav the Rav told the son the and Ravun again told the son Rav. Call midam If you're ever eating and also some food comes out, you know it comes up a little bit. So if you're standing in front of your rebbe, don't spit it out. Lebar min except if gourds come up of amid fame or if dice. And the reason is shein doimen because it's like a brick of of lead, I meaning it's dangerous for it to be drank inside your uh, digestive tract. So if it comes up, spit it out. And he said, even if you're standing in front of the Shvarmalka, that was the Persian king, it doesn't matter. Your mom is in the White House, you should spit it out because it's not something that it's possibly dangerous. It's a question of a Kuach Nefesh. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, one would eat dice together with his fingers, and the other one would eat it with like a piece of wood, like chopsticks. So the one that ate it with a hutza, with a little stick, with a twig, told the one that ate it with his fingers. We don't know who was what, but we're talking about the Tanoim, Rabbi Yosin, Rabbi Yehuda. So the one that ate it with the hutza told the one that ate it with his fingers, Anmasai atomachileni tzayascha. He says, why are you giving me the tzaya, the dirt that's underneath a person's fingernails? So apparently, they were shearing a dish together, and they weren't eating 
in, in a way where each person took from the dish and he put it on his plate, but they kept on picking from it. One was picking with his fingers and licking it off his fingers, and the other one had this hutza that he put in, and he was licking it off his hutza. So the one that was using the hutza told the one that was using his fingers, he said, you're giving me the tsaya that are underneath your fingers. It's not kishmak. And the one that ate with his fingers told the one that ate with his hutza, you're giving me your saliva. So apparently, the one that was eating with his fingers, so after he would eat it, he would lick his fingers, but he would wipe his fingers. So really, there was no roik, there was no saliva, but the tsaya underneath the fingernails, there was. The one that was eating with his, with this, with these, uh, with his, the proverbial fork, he didn't have tsaya of the fingernails. But the was hard, he wasn't washing it, so he was just like wiping it, but he felt the roik was still there. Either way, apparently, these were both bidiyevit mahalchem, and these were the menhagen, we're talking about Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Yehuda. So this not Rabbi Yehuda, but Rabbi Shimon. So the Tanner of Yehuda and the Tanner of Shimon. As in Rabbi Shimon, I said, come on, They were once sitting together and somebody brought Blusfin. So the Ran says, what are these things? Min te'enim shakashim l'sakel. These are te'enim. Figs that are very difficult to digest. So Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda ate. Rabbi Shimon le'yach, Rabbi Shimon didn't eat. Amalei Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said, "My time le'yach amar." So he said, "Rabbi Shimon, why are you not eating?" Amalei Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon said, "Elu en yotzim mibnei me'ayin kolikah." You eat this, it never leaves your body. Pasha, it gets stuck in your intestines forever. He you can't digest it. He's I'm not eating it. Amalei Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said, "Kolshkein." If that's the case, I'm going to eat more. Shenis mechaleim lamacher. I mean, it's going to stay inside my body for longer, so it's going to sustain me for longer. Like this, I'll have what to eat from it tomorrow also, and the next day, I'm going to eat it. This is a shtick segue to the next Gemara that we're about to learn. The Gemara is going to talk about the Aeneas of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda Yehuda was once sitting in front of Rabbi Tarfin. Rabbi Tarfin told Rabbi Yehuda, You know, today your face is glowing. Your Avadim went to the field yesterday. And they brought us beets. We ate it without salt. Which is a bedieved way to eat it, but I ate beets nonetheless. And that's the way I looked the way I look. Then Machanu he said, had we had salt, he says, you, you have no idea how my face would be shining. On this note, Rabbi Yehuda's face shining. There was a matronisa that told Rabbi Yehuda, Moira, Moira, you're a rebbe, Viravi, and you're a shikr? Rabbi Yehuda's face was glowing, as we just said, and as we're going to see more about now. And this matronisa was choshed Rabbi Yehuda that the reason his face glowed was because he used to drink alcohol. And as a result, this was a reaction that he had. So Amalei told her very famously, I swear, the only yayin, the only alcohol that I ever taste is Kiddush HaVavdal, I make Kiddush night, I make Havdal Matzoy Shabbos, and I drink Dal Kaisas of wine on Pesach. And even that, when I drink the four Kaisas of wine, the Chagrani Tzidi, the Rishonim say means I have a headache, from Pesach until Shvuas, I'm still a shtickle hungover from the wine that I drink at the Leila Seder. So this has nothing to do with wine. I'm not a Rabbi, so what's this all about? Chachmas Adam Tayyipanov. It's because of the Torah that I learned. And Chachmas Adam, the Chachma of a person, Tayyipanov, will make a person glow and that's the reason I look the way I look the Marshal says that what was the Lashen that the Matronisa told Rabbi Yehuda Moira Veravi right Moira you're a Rebbe you're a teacher Veravi and you're a Shikr so the Marshal says I think it's a play on words he said because Rabbi Yehuda was Dach the Rabbin Shal Kol And people used to refer to Rabbi Yehuda as Moiri Verabi. So she went to Rabbi Yehuda and said, you're the person they called Moiri Verabi? You're a Rebbe and a, and a, a teacher? I think you're a Moiri Verabi. I think you're a Shikr. But either way, Ein Shandar Marshal, he says it's Pashatim. Because everybody would refer to him as Moiri Verabi. So instead of Moiri Verabi, she called him a Moiri Verabi, which is not me in your voice. In your Zakti Gemara, Amalei Hutzaduki the Rabbi Yehuda, another Gemara on the Note of Rabbi Yehuda's shine. So there was a Taiki that told Rabbi Yehuda, Your face looks either either you're in the money lending business, or you're someone that's Magadl Chazirim. So apparently, the Rand says these were very profitable Geshefton. They make so much money that whenever you see them, they're always in a good mood. They always had a good day. So he told them back, Did Rabbi Yehuda, He said, in you, By us Jews, both of these things you're not allowed to do. You can't be mad. Because you want to know the secret to my shine, this 24 bathrooms, 
that are on the way from my house until the base Medrash. The Chol Shah is 24 hours in the day. <laughs> Every single Shah. I go into one of them, and that's the way I look, the way I look. Obviously, this Gemara is Eino Yoimer Elad Darshuni. One last Gemara. When he would walk to the base Medrash, he would take a gulfo, he would take like a barrel, he would put it on his shoulders. He would say, even though it's a little bemeaning for me to be walking in the streets like this, but when I show up in base Medrash, I'm have a chair. I'm going to have with a sit. So he said, Sometimes you have to do something that really you might think is because in the long run, it's mechabedes his baila. Since if I wouldn't put in the effort right now to carry this thing, albeit in, in public, I wouldn't have the covet of sitting on a chair. Shimon did the same thing. He would also carry a basket on his shoulders. Omar, he said, We've spoken this out many times. We'll just throw out the Maramak and the Marsha here asks another kasha. That the Gemara says Rabbi Yehuda was accused of being a shikr. Not verabi, but moira verave. And Rabbi Yehuda said, me drink Kiddush Havdalah and even that, I push it, feel it until Shavuos. Fake the Marsha. How could Rabbi Yehuda have said that? Rabbi Yehuda is the one that gave us the very famous Pisgim in Psachim Kuftes Amar Aleph that Bismach Shavesa Mektashah Yekayim, a person was Mekayim Simchas Yantif with the Basr Shlamim. There was a whole Shami Simcha that was brought. But now that there's no Besam Mikdash, ain't Simcha Elo Biyayin. So it's Rabbi Yehuda Shita that ain't Simcha Elo Biyayin. So Freyt the Marsha, Lachayra Rabbi Yehuda would have had an obligation to drink wine for Simchas Yantif, which means on Sukkis and on Shavuos and on Pesach. And we've spoken out in the past the Machloikis between Rabbi Yashid and Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky, whether it means a cholamoid as well. It's a lot more yayin. Here Rabbi Yehuda said, it's Kiddush Havdalah, and it's Dalut Kaisis. And the Marsha says that the answer is in Rabbi Yehuda's Lashen. Because if you look at what Rabbi Yehuda said exactly, in Psachim Kuftes, said as follows, Rabbi Yehuda Oimer, Anoshim B'roi Lohem, V'noshim B'roi Lohem. Men are Mekayim Mitzvah Simchas Yonda, with something that gives them Simcha. And women are Mekayim Simchas Yonda, with something that gives them Simcha. Anoshim B'roi Lohem, what gives a man Simcha? B'yayin, wine. V'noshim Beroilahem. So there's no din yayin. It's Beroilahem. So says the Marsha, Rabbi Yehuda, Klapi Simchas Yantav was like an Isha. And just like Rabbi Yehuda himself said, Noshim, don't do Simchas Yantav al Yadei Yayin. Even though it's the same Simchas, the same Chiv. But for them, it's not Royalahem. So for Rabbi Yehuda, someone who didn't appreciate Yayin, so for him, the Royalahem was not to drink wine. And that's Poshet, says the Marsha, the Teretz. How is it possible? Rabbi Yehuda is the one that said, ain't Simcha Elo Yayin. Yet Rabbi Yehuda himself clearly was not Mekayim his mitzvah Simcha Yantav with Yayin. Either way, just to speak out one light ha'ara. And that is, so one of the many topics, you know, classic daf that we had today was this idea that Kiman Matslinon al Kitsiri the al And the Gemara implied from that one line, and Rav is the one who said it, that within the world of Chaylim, there are two dinan. There's the Chaylim Mamish, and then there are the Rabbanon. That the Rabbanon were viewed be'ene Chazal as being Chaylim. And it's for that reason, every Yid, when he davens every single day, unbeknownst maybe, is davening not only for the Chayle Yisrael, but he's davening for the Rabbanon as well. Where's the tefillah for the Rabbanon? So Rashi said it's in the tefillah of Allah Tzadikim, specifically Valpleta Seifreyim, and we mean the Rabbanon, and we're davening for the Rabbanon that they should have Koyach, and the reason is because they're Chayim. So why is it that Rabbanon are Chayim? So we mentioned very, very fleetingly that all the Rishonim here on the page speak out that it's based on a Gemara in Mesechtis Sanhedrin Davchavav on the base. The Gemara says, it's a Pasuk in Yeshaya, Hifli Eitzah, Higdil Tushia. Um, Rav Hanan, Rav Hanan said, Lama Nikishma Tushia. Why is the Torah referred to as Tushia? Because when a person learns Torah, so the Torah weakens a person, and the Torah makes the person schwacher. The truth is that this idea that Torah is Mateshes Koychashal Adam, so it comes up in many places in Chazal. I think it's good to mention two Maramakoimis. They're both stories, quote-unquote, and I think there's a little bit of a lesson to be taken from both of them, as we'll see in the Raid. 
The first one is very, very, very well known. It's a Gemara in Bava Metziah. It's in Perak HaSoycher HaSapoyalim. It's in Daf Pei Dalad Amad Aleph. The Gemara tells the story about Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish. Yoy Mechad, one day, have a Kasachi Rabbi Yochanan Bayardina. Rabbi Yochanan was swimming in the Yardin. Chazi Rish Lakish. And he saw Rish Lakish. Or Rish Lakish saw him. So when Rish Lakish saw Rabbi Yochanan Shavali Yardina. Shava, the Rashi says, Kofatz. He jumped. He springed into the Yardin. And he was following Rabbi Yochanan. So when Rabbi Yochanan saw the Gvura, this Shavar, this Kafat of Reish Lakish, he was very, very impressed. So he told him, You have such Kayach, if you would use this Kayach for Torah, you have no idea what would become of you. Everybody knows the story of Reish Lakish. He was this Gibar, he was a pirate, he was a cannibal, all the different Gemaras that talk about Reish Lakish. And he told him, He says, If you would use these Kayachs for Torah, you can imagine how you would Steigoyz. So Reish Lakish's response to Rabbi Yochanan was, You're so handsome that it's a Chaval that somebody so handsome sits and learns Torah because really you're Shufre. Shufre, the Rabbi Yochanan was in Shufre, in would be much better served than Nashim. Rabbi Yechen told Rabbi Shlokish back, he said, if you think I'm handsome, he said, you should see my sister. And he said, my sister is very, very beautiful. And he had your spot, if you promise that you're going to do tshuva, I'll let you marry my sister, the Shvira Minoy. So the Gemara says, on the spot, Rishlokish was makabal. He said, no problem. He said, I'm going to be Chayzeb It's fascinating. This is what caused, and this is what instigated Rishlokish to be Chayzeb But either way, he agreed to come back, and the Gemara says, So after he was Chayzeb he wanted to spring out of the yard and go back. And he couldn't do it. At that point, he had somehow lost his Kayach. What happened? A second ago, Rishlokish was able to jump into the yard with such incredible might and gvura that Rabbi Yochanan remarked and he sent and now all of a sudden he said no problem I'm going to go to yeshiva I'm going to learn Torah and now he couldn't get out so Rashi says as soon as he was makabal on himself to all Torah at that point he already became so shvach and he had no koyach over here incidentally you see from here that this Indian of Torah is not only when a person starts learning Torah but somehow the, the Kabbalah to learn Torah that already makes this happen. Ayin, if you want to see a nice Ma'ar Mokim, the Torah Schayim, in Sanhedrin Chavov on the days, on the Gemara of Torah Matashas Koyich he makes the Diak in this Rashi, Ayin Shab. But the bottom line is, so Rish Lakish was such a Gibor that Rabbi Yechon said, Chel Chalei Raisa, but as soon as he was Makabod al Torah, at that point there was already an element of Torah Matashas Koyich That's the first story. The second one is a Medrash Tanchuma, not as well known, but classic nonetheless. It's in Parshas Mishpatim, it's if Cotton Hey. The Medjish over there tells the story of Akilo Sager, more popularly known as Unkelo Sager. Sazok the Medrish Tanchuma. Unkelo Sager, Ben Adaryanus. He was the nephew of Adaryanus, King Hadrian. He was the Roman emperor. He was the one who was behind Chorben Betar. He's the one who killed Bar Koichva. He's the one who killed Rabbi Akiva. And Unkelo Sager wanted to become a Yid. He wanted to convert to Yiddishkeit. His uncle was a notorious anti-Semite. And he was afraid of him. He was also the Roman ruler. And if he's going to convert, he understood it wasn't going to be good. I'm a lay. So Unkelo goes to his uncle. The ruler, and he tells him, Ani mevakish He said, I want to do business. I want to become a businessman. I want to be a soicher. He says, why? Do you feel like you don't have everything that you need? You're my favorite nephew. I'll give you whatever you want. Come into the oitzris. You can take all the kasev. You can take all the zav. Why are you going out to learn a trade? Why would you want to become a businessman? He said, no. He said, you don't understand. I want to go out and do business a little bit. Because I feel like if I go out and I'm in the trenches a little bit, I'll understand human psychology. I'll start to understand people. And like this, and if I'd rather, instead of you giving me money, I just want a, a consultation with you. If you could just explain to me, you're very, very successful. If you could teach me some of the things that you did to earn your financial success, that's something that I want. Meaning, I don't want you to, to give me your cast of up. I just want you to, to train me a little bit, explain to me what I should do. Amalei, so Hadrian sits down with his nephew, Unculus, and he's going to give him business advice for the ages. He tells him as follows, Anytime you see prakmat, you see any schar, it doesn't matter what it is. If the prices of it are down, meaning it's very, very cheap, you should go be involved in this. Stop buying it, buying it, buying it. Because eventually, everything that falls 
rebounds and it comes back up, the at mistaker, and you're going to end up making a lot of money. This was the advice that Adayonis gave Unculus, and with that, he left Rome, but he didn't go on a business trip. He went to Eretz Yisrael to learn Torah. After a little while, he met Rebbe Leaz and Rabbi Yeshua. And when they saw Unculus, they noticed that from, I guess they knew who he was, he just didn't look the same. From the look on his face, Achilles, meaning Unculus must be learning Torah. When Unculus came to them, his he started asking them questions. The Hamashiva and I say, and they were answering the questions. We know Unculus was a Talmud of a blessed Rabbi Shua. Miguel Dafkimalamadalaf. Unculus Hager wrote Targum Shaltaira and he wrote it me P Rebeliaz and Rabbi Yeshua. This is a little bit of the rest of the story. Either way, so Unculus goes to Eretz Yisrael, he learns Taira, and now he's returning home from his quote unquote business trip. He comes back to his uncle Hadrian. As soon as Hadrian saw him, he said, He said, Why are you something about your face? You look funny. Sovran Ishef, see the pragmatia shalcha? Did you lose all your money? I mean, he looked like down a shtickle. Did somebody cause you pain? He said, No. You're very, very close to me. I understand you. I, 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 I feel like I, I can tap into what's going on. Something's up. Tell me what's going on. Amale says, I have to be honest with you, uncle. I became a Jew. I didn't just learn Torah. I literally converted to Yiddishkeit. Amalei, he told him, what? Who's behind this? You're the one who gave me the advice. You told me to become a Yid. He said, Amalei, He said, when did I tell you to become a Yid? He says, Amalei, he told him, I told you I'm looking for good advice. From Martili, what did you tell me? See, he said, I went around and I said, what's the cheapest stock you can possibly buy? What's the most nidrig chef in the whole world? And I do nothing more nidrig in the whole world than the Jew, than the Yid. So I said, you're telling me to invest in something when it's down? I invested in the Yidin. I became a Yid. Because I know the Seifalis Alois. Because the Yidin are definitely going to rebound. Shekinama Yeshaya. And this is already Unculus who knows Tayrusha Bixav like this. So he starts quoting Yeshaya. Kikoyama Hashem, Goyal Yisrael, Ukadoshai, Vechula Vechula. It continues on, does the Madrash, but a beautiful Madrash. But what, what happened in this Madrash? What happened in this Madrash was is that Unculus went out and he to learn Tayra and he sort of lesson with Mishua and Rabbi Mishua looked at him and they said something looks funny about him. Something's up. And then when he comes back, he mamish doesn't look like the same person. What happened? How did he suddenly not look like the same person? So the Mepharshim say, it's because of this Indian. It was Torah Matashas Adam. And because he had learned Torah, so the Torah had impacted him to the point that he didn't look the same. Hence the initial reaction of Rabbi Liesen and Rabbi Yeshua. And hence the reaction of Hadar Yonas. Regardless. So we have the Chazal. Sanhedrin Chavav on the days that refers to Torah as being Tushia. Why is it Tushia? Because Torah is Mateshes Koychash Aladam. And it's really the backdrop of part of today's daf here, Nadarim Daf Memtes. There's a concept that when a person takes upon himself the oil of Torah, it starts weakening him, it starts making him shvach. This, this idea of Torah Mateshes Koychash Aladam. And it's a very important knech in terms of understanding two classic stories. The story in and then this Medrash Tanchuma, the story with Uncle Sager, first with Rebbe Yezer and Rebbe Yeshua, and then afterwards, together with his uncle Hadar Yonas. But I think there's, there's something that everybody has to ask, and that is, so you have this Indian of Torah Matashas Koyach Shaladam. Torah makes a person shvach. Torah makes a person weak. And so much so, that that we should daven for the chaylem. Which chaylem? The rabbonon. You can pork on kaddish the rabbonon. Special tefillahs for them because it really, really makes them weak. That means a person learns Torah. So of course, and a person has all the milus in the world, but it comes with an invoice. On this world, Baal Mahadein, and the invoice is Torah's mateshes koychashalotam. Torah makes a person shvacher. The Pella is that there are many Pesukim and many Chazals that would seem to say just the opposite. I mean, just to, to mention one, the Pesuk says, Rifos Tehila Sharecha, 
V'shikri la'atzmai secha. It's a pasuk in Mishlei, perikim or pasuk ches. Rifos, when a person learns Torah, it's a rifos, it's a refuah for his guf. V'shikri la'atzmai secha, it strengthens your bones. So it's a pella. On the one hand, you find Torah's matesh as koicha shaladam, but then at the same time, rifos tila sharecha v'shikri la'atzmai secha. It's chayim il machzikim ba, yiris Hashem toysef yomim. Right, there are many psukim that would seem to suggest literally the opposite. That when a person learns Torah, it's literally, it's a refuah, it's a shikri la'atzmai secha. So at first, First glance, how do you reconcile these two things? Just to add a knech to the ha'ara, and that is, everyone knows the Mishnah says, Yofa Talmud Torah Derech Eretz, She Yegiya Shneim Yishkachas Ofen. If a person learns Torah and he's Isaac and Derech Eretz, it's Yofa. Why? Because between the two, you push it, you're going to not do Avera. She Yegiya Shneim, the Yegiya, the Amelus in Torah, and the Amelus in Derech Eretz together will cause a person to forget about sinning. It's going to be Mishkachas Ofen. If you look in Rabbeinu Avadi Bartanurus Pirish on the Mishnah, he says, Why is Talmud Torah Mishkachas he says, because when a person learns Torah, Torah matashas koicha shaladam. Sanhedrin chavavam in this. And because the Torah is going to make a person shvacher, so it's for that reason, it's mishkachasovan, you need koichas to do averis. So you give a shnei mishkachasovan, the Rav says, it's out. So it bothered me, me Indian le Indian, a very similar question. And that is, we know the Gemara says in Sukkah, the more a person stags, the bigger is Yetzirah. Isn't that the opposite of what the Rav just said? The Rav said, And he said, the reason is, because Torah is Mateshes. So you would think, So the Shvacher you are, you would think that the Yetzirah then should be weakened. That's the whole point. That you want a schooler to be able to just get rid of the Yetzirah, learn Torah, it's Mishkach HaSofen. You find just the opposite. Either way, I think this Indian of Torah Mateshes, is something that requires a little bit of beer. But I think it could be, I found the Metziah, and this might be the answer. This is above my pay grade. It's in a Zoyar Chadosh, which is in the Chela called Medrash Hanela. But just one line that maybe we can understand. And that is, Rabbi Yitzchak Amar, Rabbi Yitzchak said, Tushia, is initially referred to as Tushia. But afterwards, Torah becomes Gvura. Shenemar, as the Pasuk says, Li Eitzah Vesushia Vegoimar. Initially, it's called Tushia because it's Matashas However, once a person gets accustomed to learning Torah, the Zohar Chadash says that Torah is called Tushia, and he quotes the Gemara in Sanhedrin. But Torah is also called Gvura, Li Gvura. So on the one hand it's Tushia, on the other hand it's Gvura. So which one is it? Is it Tushia or is it Gvura? The Torah says, Betchila Nikras Tushia. Initially it's Tushia. Shematashas Koicha Shaladam. However, you know what happens? At some point, you're going to become Ruggel. Once a person becomes Ruggel to learn Torah, then the Torah gives you Simcha, gives you Gvura. So maybe, maybe, that's the Mahalach over here. That's what's going on. A person, when he starts learning Torah, it's Torah Matashas Koychesh Aladam. So I'll tell me Deyayin, I'll tell me they tell me Deyayin. So for them, they for sure, they need this Tvila, because there's an Indian of Torah Matashas Koychesh Aladam. However, once a person becomes ruggled to learn Torah, at that point it changes. And the same Torah, which was a summer in the sense that it was causing a person to become shvach, now it becomes libina and ligvura. Now it becomes a sama, it becomes a source of something that's going to make a person stronger. So really it goes both ways. Is it the beginning? Are we dealing with We're dealing with the onset? Or fakert? It's after the person already became rogel. The two gemaras, 
or the Gemara and the Tanchuma that we have from Chazal that talk about Torah Matesh as Koyish Shaladim was Betchila. Reish Lakish took upon himself the Oila Torah, and all of a sudden the whole Chelcha, his whole Koyach, he suddenly lost because it was Betchila. And right in the beginning, it weakens a person. Even the Kabbalah was able to make him Shvacher. And the Maisa with Uncle Sager, who was right when he was Megayer, as soon as he was his Megayer, at that point already he looked different. At that point he already looked Shvach. Oh, but here's the point. The point is that at some point a person's going to learn and he's going to become Rogel and the Torah is going to become an Eitzchayimhi and the Torah is going to become the biggest source of Rafua. And this Torah, which was Tushia, is going to suddenly flip and it's going to become Li Gvura. And that's this Pasuk in Mishlei. Rif was Tila Sharecha Veshiku Latzmeisecha. I was thinking, and just to bring the whole daf. Not the whole daf, not the Hanoi de Menam part, but a good part of the docile circle. And that is, I think this diuk is a nifla digadiuk, maybe. And that is, we had a Gemara, but the Gemara says that there was a Matronisa that saw Rabbi Yehuda. And she told Rabbi Yehuda, Meirivirabi? Not Meirivirabi, says the Marshal. But Meirivirabi? You're a shikr? What's going on over here? You mama, you look like you're shikr. Rabbi Yehuda's face was glowing. He says, No, chas v'shom, I'm a shikr. I can't drink wine. Kiddush, avdolah, dalad, kaisis. I'm mekayim, mitzvah, simchas, yontiv. Not like the anoshim b'royelam, but like the anoshim b'royelam. I can't even drink wine for simchas, yontiv. So what's going on over here? Chachmas adam toir ponov. Then there was a tzedukin that met Rabbi Yehuda and said something very similar. Ponecha doimen, your face looks, ikem malvei ribis, ikem megadlei chazirim. You look like you're in a very profitable business. Right? You posh, look like you're always having the best day. Why? Because you, you posh it glows. He said, both of these things are a problem. Narvas, he gave him an answer. But it's Chachmas Adam Tarapanov. I am Farsham. That was the point. Is Rabbi Yehuda was Zaycha to a Chachmas Adam Tarapanov. What did it come from? It came from his learning. What happened in this Medrash Tanchuma? That is a bomb kasha. What happened? What happened was, Unkelis goes to Eretz Yisrael to learn Tyra. And there were blessed Rabbi Yehuda see him from the far. And this is that Unkelis? Something looks a little off. Doesn't look like Unkelis. They saw his face. Something looks a little bit different. Either way, he meets them, and apparently he had started learning Torah. And then this observation becomes a lot more manifest when he comes back home to Rome, and he meets his famous uncle, Adarionis the king, and he comes into him, and what does this, the king tell him? Loma panecha mishtanois. He says, why, do you, why does your face look funny? Soverani, you know what you look like to me? Shnefsi the prakmatyashacha. You look like you just lost all your money. You have... The face of a person that's bankrupt. That's the way you look. So he told him, Fat, I have to be honest with you. Why you learned? Who told you? told me. And this fascinating Tanchuma. So Poshida bothered me. I, I, I don't understand how to make sense of these two Chazals. You have a Gemara in the Dorim, not the Gemara we started with. The end of today's daf in the Dorim, Mtesam days. Where Rabbi Yehuda, because he learned Torah, he looked like someone that was a Malva Beribis, or he was a Megadal Chazer. His face looked like someone that was Mamish, a, 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 he said, where did it come from? He said, what do you mean? Lamadati Torah. And Uncle Sagar also learned Torah. And because of the Torah that he learned, he looked just the opposite. He told him, he looked like someone that was Hefsida Prakmatia. Or he hates Allah Adam. And what was the answer? Lamadati Torah. So how's that possible? How's the password of Yehuda, because he learned Torah, his face shone. And Uncle Sager, because he learned Torah, he partially looked like he was bankrupt. So which one is it? He looks like he's a Malva Beribis and he's a Magadal Chazer. And he looks like someone that was Hefsida, Prakmati Yishocha. The Teretz is Hein Hein Advarim. It's Mamish Tisnakuda. Petchila, when a person learns Torah, it's Mateshes Koychesh Aladam. And that's exactly what Uncle Sager looked like. He looked like he was someone right now that was very, very Shvach. He looked like he was if seed the prakmatia. But like the Zayar Chadr says, as I in the Medrashanelam, the Besoif becomes Libino Gvura. The Besoif, the Torah becomes a source of strength and fakir and makes you look empowered. And that's what Rabbi Yehuda looked like. Rabbi Yehuda, this is the Tanah Rabbi Yehuda. He's already at the point where he's a Meir of a Rabbi or a Meir of a Rabbi. Oh, that Rabbi Yehuda who's already on this Madrega with a Tzedukim already handling with him. Oh, at that point, he was already Ligvura. So Ligvura, his face didn't look anymore like some one that was fakir downtrodden, but to the contrary, it looked like gvura. The point is, is Torah's mateshes koiches but the rest of the story is tucked away, literally in a medrash hanela. It's hidden in this medrash here in the Zayar Chadash, where in the Zayar Chadash is mavur. Incidentally, it's in Parshas Bereshis, and if you have Rabruvi Margolis's edition, it's on Daf. 
Hey, Omid Beis Dibra Maschal Rabbi Yechanan in the middle. That's what it is. If you want to see it inside, but Al Kaponim. So then already it changes, and the, the narrative changes. It becomes a massive of Ligvura. It becomes an Indian of Itzchayim Hila Machzikim Ba Yiras Hashem Toisef Yomim Rifus Tilu Sharecha V'Shikul Just to end with something that we spoke about, mentioned a little while back. The first time I saw it, I saw it in the in the Svarim for Rabbi Yonis and Shtaif. He said it. He heard it from his Grosser Rebbe, the Shevet Soifer, who was the Gaiven in Preshburg. Yonis and Shtaif was a Talmud. He was a Musmuch of, of the Shevet Soifer. And he said he used to say over the Chazal say Torah Mateshes Koychish Aladim. He said, "What's the pshat?" He said, "The pshat is because when a person learns Torah, he realizes that he's not in control, and what it does is it weakens Koychish Aladim. It weakens the sense, the innate." feeling that people have, which is and that comes from learning Torah. So when a person learns Torah, he realizes that he's not in control. And he realizes that and there are things that are going to happen that are beyond his control. And that's the oimik of that when a person is oisik b'tayra, it changes him to the point that he realizes that he's not in control. It's mateshes, the feeling, the hergish of and if you think about that, is that's the, the greatest league in the world. Because really, the most empowering thing that a person can come to is that recognition and the realization that I'm not in control. And if a person's able to recognize that he's not in control, so that's the most liberating thing in the world. And, and really, there's nothing that a person can do more to give himself simcha sachayim and to feel empowered and have a, a hergish of ligvura that come into the hakara that you're not in control. I'm not in control, the Ebesh is in control. And there's nothing more liberating than that. Maybe that's the oymik of Ein Lecha Ben Tchayrin Ela Misha Oisik B'Tayra. And it's really counterintuitive. But when a person is Oisik in Tayra, what it does is it's Mateshes Koyches Aladam. What it does is it makes the person realize that you're not in control. And if you're not in control, then you can let go. You can let go and you can come along for the ride and just do the right things and daven and, and look for schosim. But at, this, at the end of the day, you're not in control. And it's true, Torah Matesh is Koychesh which sounds like it's telling you that Torah is something that makes a person shvacher. But really, in the Oymek Advarim, you know what Torah Matesh is Koychesh is saying? It's saying, Rifus Tilisharecha, Veshikri Leatzmoisecha. What it's saying is, Eitz Chayim Lamachzikimba. What it's saying is, Yiris Hashem Toysef Yomim. What it's saying is, Ligvura. That's what Torah Matesh is. Because what it does is it weakens the sense of if a person could come to that hakara, then he's zoicha to the real cheres, he's zoicha to the real gvur.